Well, let's, we'll do it another time, okay? We don't want to stress you all out. And uh, thank him for me for trying. And we'll try to figure out what the glitch is. Let's take our Bibles, turn back to Luke chapter 24 this evening. We love uh, doing these Zoom calls with our missionaries. It's so awesome to me to be able to do a face-to-face. And um, unfortunately, we're not able to get the sound to work correctly tonight. We'll figure it out and we'll do it again. And I'm grateful to him. I don't know what time it is in Japan. It's, it's um, probably tomorrow over there. Huh? Don't know the side of the international date line. I know it's uh, 12 hours difference in the Philippines, and they're close to there. It's probably around 5.30 in the morning or so in uh, Japan. I appreciate him staying, getting up early to do that for us. And uh, we'll try to get that to work as soon as we can. Stand with me, please. Luke chapter 24, this morning we were only able to give you the introduction to the message. Never did actually get to the text. We're going to do that tonight. I'll do a quick recap for those of you that were not here this morning. I can't re-preach the whole message. If you missed it, I encourage you to go watch it online. Uh, It's a message within a message. But tonight we're going to pick back up in our story here in Luke chapter 24 where Jesus joins these two men on the road to Emmaus. In verse 13, behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another? as ye walk and are sad. And this morning we started off the message entitled, What Are Y'all Talking About? And we're going to pick back up with that this evening. Lord, help us now as we turn our hearts and our minds to the scriptures. We thank you for the singing. Our hearts have been stirred through the beautiful songs. But Lord, now I pray that you'd help us to be able to draw from these scriptures some things that would help us in our Christian life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so much for standing. I appreciate it. You can be seated. This morning we started the message off by saying one of the most important elements of the Christian life is our communication with other people. What we talk about, the things that we talk about, and who we talk with can strongly impact our life, our testimony, and even our spiritual walk with God. And by way of introduction this morning, we just kind of did a a scattered type look throughout the scriptures at different isolated places where the Bible says that people were talking together amongst themselves. We find the word commune in our text. Verse 14 says, as they talked together of all these things which had happened. Verse number 15 says that while they communed together. And then of course, Jesus in verse number 17 said, what manner of, of communications are these that you have one to another. And we were just talking about all the different places in the Bible where people got together and talked and some things that they talked about. By the way, we only looked at a few and there are lots. There's a whole bunch of really bad ones where they got together and talked and had conversations they should have never had. Uh, And that's another whole message looking at all the conversations in the Bible took place that shouldn't have. But we gleaned some truths this morning and we talked about, first of all, some communication that improves conversations and communication with other people that that makes you better, that, that sharpens you. We use Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. 
And we talked about how that the right people in your life can help you become sharper, help you become better, and, 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 and make you as a better person, a better Christian even. And then we talked about, secondly, communication that inquires. I looked at a variety of places where conversations took place that was made up mostly of questions. We used the Queen of Sheba as an example in 1 Kings 10. She came and brought all of her questions to Solomon and he answered all of her questions. And we talked about not having too much pride or being so insecure that you cannot get counsel, get advice, ask questions of people that maybe God has blessed with more wisdom than you. We talked about Jesus in Luke chapter number uh, one, uh, or Luke chapter two, rather, that uh, they found him in the temple after three days, unsupervised. But he was sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And we talked about the importance of, of asking questions and, and, and learning and having an, an inquisitive mind and, and having a teachable spirit and being hungry for knowledge and for wisdom. And then we talked about, thirdly, communication that inspires Talked about the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17 where the Bible says there appeared unto uh, Peter, James, and John as they was there with Jesus. There appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with Jesus. And we didn't really know what they talked about, but we know that their conversation was so inspiring that the next verse Peter said, let us make here three tabernacles. It's good for us to be here. Let's make three tabernacles. After the service, Brother Adriel came to me and he said the last verse in Matthew 17 really spoke to his heart. He said, man, you read the last verse in Matthew 17, uh, Peter didn't even have enough money to pay his taxes. He had to get his tax money out of a fish's mouth. And yet he was so excited about whatever he heard, he was willing to build two tabernacles, amen. And he didn't have two dimes to rub together. He was fired up. He was charged up. Whatever Moses and Elijah and Jesus was talking about, Peter said, I ain't got no money, but let's do it. Amen. That's the kind of conversation we're talking about that inspires, motivates, stirs the people of God to do things that may even seem impossible. And we talked about conversation that invests or communication that invests and looked at several places in the scripture where men of God invested in the next generation. Elijah talking with Elisha in 2 Kings 2 before he was taken up in the whirlwind, chariot of fire. We looked at Acts chapter 20 where the apostle Paul preached until midnight and then after he went down and brought Eutychus back from the dead, the Bible says they went back upstairs to the third loft and broke bread and they talked a long while even till the break of day. He was investing in the early church. He was taking what little bit of time that he had, that little window of opportunity, and he was doing everything that he could to make a difference in that group of people. We looked at those this morning and never did get to our text in Luke 24. There are three things I noticed in Luke 24 that I believe would help us this evening as we look at this subject of what are you talking about? When you're together with God's people, when you're hanging out, and that's the phrase we use, we're just hanging out. We're just chilling. Okay, what are you talking about? When you're together with God's people, when you're together with your friends, what are you talking about? That's what Jesus asked them in verse number 17. He sees two men walking down the road going from Jerusalem to Emmaus. The Bible says he drew near, he joined them, began to listen to them talk, and he says to them, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another? But then he said in verse number 17, as ye walk and are sad. The first thing that I noticed in this story is communication that creates a burden. 
Can I say it? These two men talked themselves into a state of depression. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever been with somebody and you was doing pretty good till you started talking to them? And by the time they got done with you, you just wanted to go somewhere and jump off a cliff. Jesus said, what are y'all talking about that's got you so depressed? What's, what are you talking about? What manner of communication is this that you're so sad? What happened? Well, they were talking, the Bible says, in verse number 14 about all these things which had happened. Is that what your Bible says? They were talking about all the things that had happened. They were talking about current events. Um, and according to verse number 18, they were unprecedented events. When Jesus says, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? We would say it like this. Where have you been under a rock? How do you not know what's going on? In other words, in other words, Cleopas said, If you knew what we knew, you'd be sad too. That's what he meant. If you knew all the stuff that's happened that we've been talking about amongst ourselves before you come up and join the conversation, sir, you'd be depressed too. And because I just did a little bit of research, looked at John chapter 19, verse number 25, I had learned that Cleopas's wife, stay with me, was at the foot of the cross during the crucifixion. That's in John 19, verse 25. She's there at the foot of the cross, bird's eye view, front seat, front row seat of the crucifixion. Jesus has been in the grave three days. I'd have to assume that Cleopas and his wife have had multiple conversations about what's taking place. Hmm? Unless she was just a rare woman that don't go home and talk about all the stuff she's seen that day. My wife said to me, she said, she said, you don't ever listen to anything that I say. And I thought to myself, that's a weird way to start a conversation. <laughs> I'm assuming she told him everything. I'm guessing he was informed is where I'm going with this. His wife was at the foot of the cross. And it is also highly possible that she, Cleopas' wife, was in the group that heard about the resurrection in verse number 10. The Bible says in verse number nine, and they returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the 11 and to all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And the Bible tells us in John 19, 25, there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother, sister Mary, the wife of Cleophas, Mary Magdalene. I'm gonna guess that Cleophas and his wife was as clued in and dialed in as anybody about what was going on. I'm going somewhere with this. And as they're walking down the street here together, they're having a conversation that has created such a sadness and a depression and put such a burden on them that Cleopas is quite frankly confused as to why Jesus is not sharing their sadness. 
Do you not know what's going on? Well, I mean, obviously, Jesus had just been crucified and put in the ground. We know that. Y'all know that. They knew that. The point, though, that I want to make is this. There was a lot of positive things that had happened in those days that evidently they were not talking about. Because, see, they were like us. We'd rather pick all the negative stuff and talk about. We'd rather focus on the bad news and not focus on all the good news. Just an example of a couple of really good things that had happened that had just transpired. The Bible tells us in Matthew 27, 52, the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. That's pretty awesome. Could you imagine when Jesus died on the cross and the earth shook and the rocks rent and graves were opened, how many people got up and went back home to their family? And that's kind of awesome and kind of, kind of creepy at the same time. Kind of scary. I mean, some of these people could have been dead for a while and knock on the door and say, hey, what's for supper? Did mm. you imagine the, 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 the ripple effect that that must have had on the community? The Bible says in Luke 23, the previous chapter, in verse number 45, the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. We know the significance of that. That temple rail being rent in the middle separated uh, the, the, uh, that, that wall of partition. It was a picture of the direct access that we now have to God through Jesus Christ. We no longer need a high priest to go behind the veil and make atonement. We can now enter boldly into the throne of grace. Hey, could have talked about that. That's kind of awesome. They could have talked about the thief in Luke 24, verse number 42, looking over at Jesus and saying, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. One of the malefactors hanging on the cross that died with Jesus got saved right before he died. That's pretty awesome. They're not talking about that. They're not even talking about the centurion in verse 47 of chapter 23 that saw what was done and he glorified God saying certainly this was a righteous man. They're not talking about the people that got saved at the cross. They're not talking about the miracles that took place at the cross. They're not even talking about the sayings of the cross. They're not talking about the love and the forgiveness that Jesus showed from the cross. Whatever they're talking about, it's only the negative stuff. What does that sound like? Communication that creates a burden. They're talking to themselves, talking together of all these things. They had already been told in verse number 10 and 11 that Jesus had risen from the dead. Verse number 11, their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not. Would to God, stay with me church, would to God that when we heard something negative, we didn't believe that. As quick as we don't believe the positives. Would to God when somebody comes to us and says, have you heard what so-and-so said, what so-and-so did, that we would just treat it like idle words and idle fables and tales and not believe it rather than sit around for days and talk about it and be so slow to believe the positives and the miracles and the good things that God is doing. They're walking down the road and the Bible says they have talked themselves into a state of depression. Communication that creates a burden. You know what many times we do? In our, in our carnality, 
our lack of spirituality and lack of wisdom, when we're with each other, we cause the burdens to get heavier by the things that we choose to talk about. Problems. Problems. And I, I touched on it a minute ago, but let me just drill down on this just a minute. Current events. If, if, if all you want to talk about is the negative current events, I'm out. I don't have time for it. I mean, there's a lot of awesome, great, miraculous current events. People getting saved. Amen, we had some saved at the nursing home this past week. Amen. God's opened up the door at the nursing home to get back in there. God's opened the door at the, at the, at the jail. Some of y'all didn't even know that. We were in the jail for years. And the people that worked in the jail dropped the ball, left church, got out of church, whatever. And that, that, door, that door has been unopened for years. And Brother Josh Getzinger reached out to them and they said, we're not taking any new ministries at the jail. We're not opening up the door for anybody new to come in and preach to the, to the inmates. And she said, we're, we're just so y'all was, and he said, we're from Calvary Baptist Church. She said, you're already in our system. You're already in the system. You don't even have to start the whole process from scratch. We just need to update our records and y'all are good to go. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the rescue mission ministry, the Caris House ministry. Let's talk about what God's doing. If you want to talk about current events, I'm in, but let's don't leave out all the good stuff. What God's doing. And whatever they were talking about, Jesus' first impression of their conversation was, I mean, you guys have talked yourself into a, a sad state. What are you talking about? What are y'all talking about that's got you so sad? We see communication that creates a burden. But then secondly in the story, we see communication that confirms a belief. Here's what Cleopas said in verse number 18. Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? Jesus said, what things? <laughs> I love this. He's playing undercover cop. Incognito. I don't even know how. There, there is a miracle taking place here in the fact that according to verse number 16, their eyes were holding that they should not know him, okay? I've heard this preached where it said they were so depressed and so negative and they were so carnal that they couldn't even see Jesus when he was standing right in front of them. The Bible says their eyes were holding. And then in verse number 31, their eyes were opened, okay? So I'm going to just go with the assumption that God did something supernatural here because he's wanting to make a point. They don't know they're talking to Jesus, obviously. And so Jesus is gonna get all the mileage out of it that he can. And so Cleopas says, do you not know about all the things? And Jesus goes, what things? What are you talking about? What are, what are y'all talking about? Fill me in. And they said unto him, verse 19, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. 
beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. In other words, he said he was going to rise the third day. Here it is the third day, and he hadn't risen. Now, everybody told us that he rose, but we don't believe him. We choose to be depressed over the fact that he left us high and dry, even though he didn't leave us high and dry. Yay. Certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said. But him they saw not. The grave's empty. He's not there. These don't know what happened. I'm sure while he was talking, Jesus was going, oh, really? Mm. Oh, you don't say. My, my, my. Can you believe that? Verse number 25, then he said unto them, bless your little hearts. Is that what he said? No, that's what he'd have said if he was from Georgia. Bless your heart. He said, oh, fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. We find here communication that confirms belief. Can I say it? The communication of Jesus is now an attempt to override their previous communication. Right. <laughs> Let's see if we can't hit a hard reset right here, boys. Y'all have done talked yourself into a ditch. You've talked yourself into a state of sadness and you're upset and you're frustrated and you're doubting whether or not Jesus was the true Messiah, the true Redeemer. You're questioning the story of the resurrection. Let's hit a hard reset right here and see if we can't do something about fixing your doubting problems. Their problem was they were slow of heart to believe. This was being compounded by the fact they were quick of tongue to doubt. Jesus' solution to their lack of belief was to load them down with the scriptures. I love this. And the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's no greater subject to talk about than the word of God. The Bible tells us in Luke 24, 27, beginning at Moses, that's the Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Starting at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Wouldn't you like to have been a fly on the wall and listen to that? Wouldn't you like to listen to Jesus' version of all the messianic prophecies? I mean, Philip did it to the Ethiopian eunuch in the chariot, but Jesus did it on the road to Emmaus. Mm. The word expound means to unfold the meaning of what is said. It means to explain. In order to do what Jesus just did, stay with me, in order for you and I and to allow our communication and our conversations to strengthen and build the faith of other people, it goes without saying that we must first know the scripture and be familiar with it the Bible's clear. He began at Moses and all the prophets. Is that what your Bible says? 
He expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So you gotta know the Bible. Um, the question is, what are y'all talking about? That's the question. What are y'all talking about? You say, well, I don't never talk about the Bible that much. I don't know much about it. And whose fault would that be? If you know the Bible, you got plenty to talk about. And when you see your brothers and sisters struggling in their faith and depression and they're sad, instead of recommending a psychiatrist or a pill, maybe you ought to just talk to them about the Word of God a little bit. That's what Jesus did. Amen. Recommend a, 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 a therapist chair for them to lay down in and talk about their mama and their daddy. He saw they were sad. You know what he did? He began to talk to them about the Scriptures, which means you got to know it. You got to believe it. You got to understand it. Meditated on it enough to be able to explain it to somebody else. That's exactly what he did. Communication that confirms belief. A lot of people, I said a lot of people, stay with me, a lot of people's problem is spiritual. A lot of problems are spiritual. I'm not discounting legitimate physical issues. I'm not discounting legitimate mental issues, psychological issues, hormone problems, chemical imbalances. I, they exist. I know they do. But I'm going to say what I just said again. A lot of people's problems could be fixed with the Word of God. Communication that confirms a belief. We're talking about what are y'all talking about? Talk about the Bible. Somebody's having a hard time instead of piling on and making it worse by talking about all the stuff that's bothering you and all of your problems and just have one big old huge puke fest, why don't you talk about the scriptures and the word of God and let the word of God minister to the spiritual needs of those that you're talking to? I think the reason why we don't is because we like the negative. We like rolling around in the mud. We like rolling around in the ditch. We, we enjoy despair. We enjoy fueling the fear. Start talking about current events. Stay with me. You start talking about what's going on in this country right now, it'll make your stomach knot up. We were talking about it at lunch. We talked about it, we're Spencer. We talked about it for what? About 60 seconds and we changed the subject. And you know what I told the boys? I said, America's gone. And then I said this. I said it was good while it lasted. And that's what I said, Spencer. I said we had a good thing going while it lasted. It's gone. You can stick a fork in her. She's done. I'll pray to her. I believe. That. Well, I'm happy for you. What I choose to not do is sit around and talk about stuff that makes me want to go buy more ammo. <laughs> that's what I choose to not do is sit around and talk about stuff that makes my stomach knot up and makes me full of fear and anxiety and anger because it does. What's happening in our country is beyond comprehension. It's bad. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm just telling you what not to talk about. I'm not saying be ignorant about what's going on. I'm not saying that at all. But some of you sit around and you read every blog watch every broadcast, watch every YouTube channel. I don't know how in the world, I don't know how in the world you sleep at night feeding your heart and soul with all that negative mess. 
So instead of talking about that all the time, when somebody's struggling, maybe just talk about the Word of God. Can't go wrong with that. And thirdly, we see communication that cultivates a burning. Verse 28 says, They drew nigh to the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. You could preach a whole message on the times Jesus pretended. He's pretending in this story, like he don't know what's going on, like he's not who he said he was. I pretend he's going to go further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. They constrained him. Why do you reckon they wanted Jesus to stay with them? As far as they were concerned, up to a few miles ago, he was a complete stranger. Now they don't want him to leave. Can I go out on a limb and say it? Maybe it was because of his conversation. They liked what he talked about better than what they were talking about before he showed up. Please don't leave. Would you stay with us? Won't you come in the house and eat with us? Came to pass as they said it, meet with them. He took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to them and their eyes were open and they knew him. They'd seen him break bread before. Huh? How many times did he break bread when he fed the 5,000? They'd seen him break bread before. They saw him break bread in that upper room that night when he dipped it with the sop and Judas Iscariot dipped the sop with him. They've seen him break bread before. Might have been the way he broke the bread. It might have been the nail piercings in his hands that they saw. Their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. Verse 32, and they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us? By the way, communication that cultivates a fire and a burning in your soul. While he opened to us the scriptures, and the Bible says in verse 33, they rose up the same hour. It's already late. The day is already far spent, according to verse 29. They rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. They walked all the way back to Jerusalem, seven and a half miles. They had just come from there. I'm talking about he lit a fire in these boys. It's already bedtime. And they turned around and went all the way back to Jerusalem. And the Bible says they found the 11 gathered together and them that were with them saying, the Lord is risen indeed. And hath appeared to Simon and they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. And as they thus spake, this whole story has been about conversation. This whole story has been about what are you talking about? And they went from being sad and talking about all the negatives to Jesus stepping in and using the word of God to build and strengthen their faith and they had such a fire burning in their soul that they forgot to go to bed. They turned around, went all the way back to Jerusalem, hunted down the disciples, found them and then told them everything that Jesus had told them. And it was on so good, it was on so good that Jesus decided to show up again. While they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, peace be unto you. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying words matter. That's what I'm saying. What you talk about makes a difference. And while Jesus was talking to these disciples, their burden 
was replaced with a burning. Their depression was replaced with an impression. <laughs> and their exasperation was replaced with excitement. My goodness. Let me ask you a question. Does your communication create a burden in people or a burning in people? Do you know your Bible well enough to overturn the doubts and the sadness of other people? Can you share the scriptures, expound the word of God, and build up the faith of your brothers and sisters when you're in conversation with them? Or does your conversation add weight and burden to their shoulders? Talking about petty things, talking about people. I gave the quote this morning. Some of y'all ought to memorize this quote. Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. Small-minded people sit around and talk about other people, and that's all they talk about is people. Generally, people's faults and failures and shortcomings. And where does that get you? Nowhere. What you talk about can talk you into a ditch. And what you talk about can talk you right out of it. Amen. So I'm asking you tonight, what are you talking about? What are y'all talking about? Ephesians 4.29. Let me give this and we're done. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Corrupt. That's not just profanity. That's not just blasphemy. That's not just talking about filthy, ungodly things. But as far as I'm concerned, any communication that brings another person down diminishes their, their zeal and their fire for God, puts them in a state of depression and sadness and minimizes their effectiveness for Christ. That is corrupt communication. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, building up, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. What are y'all talking about? Heads bowed, eyes closed, altars open. Maybe God spoke to your heart tonight and it's gonna take an enormous amount of prayer and grace and strength of God to change the way you are. But maybe you ought to ask God tonight to help you be one of those people that God can use to strengthen and build the faith of your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Create a burning and a desire and a passion and a zeal in their soul. Next time you're in a conversation talking about somebody, Ask the Holy Spirit of God to stop you and bring that to your remembrance and just stop and say, you know what? I'm going to change the subject. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about them. That's not edifying. That's not building up. That's not encouraging.